0: Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones. Dick Johnson from DJR, and you're on Inside
1: Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, here's Inside Supercars.
0: Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're joined with a man who is full of beans, full of energy, and ready for a new season because Gary Jacobson is joining a new team your best chance yet to shine. Gary, welcome back to Inside Supercars.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a uh, an awesome journey as uh, we've seen my results improve over the last couple of years and obviously a big a big jump obviously in the last four or five rounds or so last year. So to continue my second year with uh, the holding Commodore, it's actually exciting for me to hit the ground running again and this season Uh,
0: have you named your car because i feel that you know coming into your second year together you should well and truly be joined at the hip with a name for your your dear love
1: i don't know if i'm unique in that way i've I've never really named cars maybe it's maybe i need a a bit of discipline from you tony about uh building that connection with the car and naming it (laughs) i don't know like. I've always been commented as I'm hard on the gear, and I haven't even named my car from mechanics and things like that. So I don't know. Maybe I need to, you know, get with the trend and start naming my my race cars. But um, yeah, I'll have to think about that over the next couple of weeks or so. I might come back to you on that one.
0: Okay, a very quick one. Um, when uh, obviously in the time when Peter Brock was still around, one of his first cars with HRT when he rejoined them was called Beth. John Faulkner subsequently got that car and it was the one that Ryan McLeod drove in the Conica series when it started in about 2000 and so Ryan naturally called it Macbeth. Oh there you go, I might have to
1: adopt that strategy. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see you in pit lane and we'll have one of many conversations at uh Sydney Motorsport Park, I think it is now, Tony. Not not Newcastle. So I'll come. I'll come back with you with Indeed. some new information about my car, mate.
0: So Gary Jacobson has joined Premier Racing. You already raced under those colours with Peter Zabiris, uh sponsoring your car in the last season at Techno. So um, when did you first meet Peter?
1: Uh, the the connection started with Peter being my naming rights sponsors, which was uh, set up last year through John Webb and. Uh, I saw him very briefly at the first round at Bathurst last year, and uh, yeah, I remember that it was uh, it was all on. It was very busy for us the first round of the year, because um, you're used to getting to Bathurst when you're you're warm and, and ready to go with the enduro, and that. and that being our first race of the year, they were always trying to make it very simple for the drivers at round one. They didn't want us uh, to be doing too much more than just focusing on keeping the cars off the fence for the first round of the year, so... It was a very short, brief chat, a couple of photos, and then I think when we got to Townsville, it was like the middle of the season, just before we had that big break from COVID, before we headed to Sydney Low Park, uh, I had a chat with Pete Ziverus about how I really wanted to improve and how I had a couple of strategies in mind on how I could expect more from the car with the Triple Eight connection that we had, and 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 wanting to make sure that we started asking more of that relationship with Triple Eight, and then also myself, I said to him, I said, I've got a lot, I reckon, I can work on as well. I've never been, um, I've never really got any driver coaching before from Paul Morris and I knew a lot of other drivers had had some coaching at Norwell, uh, like Anton, Brock, Feeney, Brody Kostecki, even Shane Van Gisbergen himself. So I thought I really want to talk to this guy and make sure that we've got a good understanding of what budget we needed to, to finish the rest of our season off with a big bang. So, um, yeah, we, we had a chat at Townsville, got to know each other and, and, and our understanding of what we think could bring success. We had I had a big long list of things that I've worked with my mechanic and my engineer about that I wanted to bring. I thought were, were fast fixes um, or quick fixes and then things that I thought had that mid-COVID um, situation that we were struggling with to continue the calendar. Uh, I thought, well, this just brings opportunity. So I spoke to him about a a big list of things that I would collaborated with my team, and he agreed with a lot of it. And uh, I think that relationship sort of got a lot stronger from there on after Townsville doubleheader.
0: One of the interesting things for you is that not only going in with the same car, albeit totally refreshed, but also you've been able to secure the same engineer for 2022, and
1: that being Tim Newton. Yeah, I, I got along with Tim really well. I guess growing up, probably had similar childhoods. We always went for AFL football teams and and things like that. And I, being a and boy in the country, I used to go in and out of Melbourne and experience that lifestyle growing up as a kid in and, and that suburbia. I worked for Michael Ritter at Bayswater North, which you're very familiar with, Tony. And I, I think we knew all that some old faces like uh, Les Small and, and those sort of guys that Tim had worked with and I used to deliver a lot of parts for Sonic to Les Small. So we got along straight away with just talking about things maybe about motorsport that was that, uh, that had nothing to do with motorsport at first. Um, oh, I knew of Tim in sort of a racing engineer perspective through Matt Stone Racing and he was in charge of um, the... I think it's called the Super Light Program or something like that, where they he worked with Zane Goddard and and Jake Osetecki, and I was so impressed with him because he he had to handle such young and inexperienced kids in in a super in their first year in a supercar, and they didn't have a lot of continuity. One would be in the car one round, and the next the next round, and they'd always have um, like a, a bit of a break between each round, and he had to handle that and the momentum that they might have lost after being in and out of the car all year. And I just thought he did a really good job. Um, and yeah, just debriefs with him at Matt Stone Racing. And we were still looking for an engineer, a permanent engineer to play that role at Techno last year. And and yeah, I think his name came up and it, we went from there. I think probably had the most success I've ever had working with him. And it was not all about the knowledge of the racing car and my feedback. I think he was just a really good people person that, seemed to help me relax a little bit more and and enjoy my racing and and probably get through the tougher weekends that bit better. And when a weekend came along, we, we didn't find that we were up and down in our focus and our enjoyment of the sport. We were very level with one another and we enjoyed each round, whether the results were up or down. Um, so yeah, I think he just opened a new chapter in my career that I really enjoyed last year. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't see any reason why not to continue it again this season. With him.
0: You've driven some very experienced and established teams in ProDrive and the Kelly's Nissan team and Matt Stones. Now you're in the ground floor on a brand new team with uh, everything being set up. That It's mostly pretty exciting for you to have that opportunity to be setting sort of the way in which we do things, to say, no, I don't think we should do it that way, but be able to direct things with a little bit of
1: steam that way. Yeah, you're right. I've been really lucky. Um, I suppose when I was in the biggest teams, it was always when I was in my junior ranks, like Super 2 and those sort of categories. And my role in those teams was not, not to say too much, um, put down a good lap in qualifying and, and thank them for all the technical support that they had given me from you know pro drive when they'd already won a championship in the FGX. Um I guess my role was to just make sure that their their hard tire compound car setups were still in tune and in check while they were going through their soft tire compound stuff more often with their program and make too i I really just got to focus on being I think just a linear role just a driver in a way and and the car setup sheet was what it was and we didn't really defer too much away from that um, now as you as I get a little bit older I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. I guess I've grown a little bit more of my confidence just by having that bit more experience and being um, prone to different racing teams and seeing different development from the Nissan Altima to Ford FGX to the Holden ZB Commodore. It's um, you, you, you can grab strengths and weaknesses from each of those cars and each uh, each different team engineering philosophies, and you can actually start talking about what you learnt in with the history of past tracks that you've been and to and from. And I, I guess it's just um, I've got to that stage now in this team where I'm working alongside Chris Pitha where we're, we're both really hungry. We've, we've, we've had a lot of success in Super 2 and some success in main game but never really got to that top five level before. And we, we want to try and, I don't, I don't know, I think we want to use Pete Zybris' enthusiasm to, to do well. We know that he's built a team up in, in a drag car, uh, era and has achieved awesome results with setting a lap record in Australia with that type of racing field. And I guess we look at him and how enthusiastic he is, and how he wants to be financially strong this season with both of our cars. And we think, well, there's never been a better opportunity to speak up and take on some responsibility to be more of a leading role in the team and where it goes. Now, it's probably easy for me to say that when we're given the triple eight setup sheet every time we head to the track with all that alliance. But I think from what I've learned watching other teams like Team 18, there are some times when the drivers like Mark Winterbottom or Scott Pye uh, divert away from that car setup sheet that they get at the start of the weekend. And, and sometimes they even challenge Shane or Jamie. And I think that's become a, an expectation. For some teams where we go to different tracks where, I don't know, maybe the Mustangs, they have the advantage, like uh, at the high-speed tracks maybe tail and bend where they have what we think is a little bit more aero there and then we have a bit more straight-line speed at tracks like Bathurst. We're always challenging the car setup sheet, sheet or trusting in it where we have our strong tracks. So I don't know, yeah, I think this is a good year for me to take another step in speaking my opinion. Paul Morris is a really big advocate for that. I think um, he probably unlocked a lot of the potential out of me with talking about what I can remember during a qualifying lap and changing my driving style to try and suit the car's strengths and things like that. So I'm a lot more wary now of what I'm thinking during a lap time um, when I'm trying to get a qualifying lap time done and, and what I feel when the tyre degrades in a race or in practice. just seem to be a bit more aware of what's going on around me. So there's never been a better time to challenge myself and take that next step
0: one thing about your team owner gary is that he's a current racer currently of course the top fuel champion and he understands the racer's mind as well as the business mind
1: yeah and he sets a really good example i think he's um he's not he's not big on excuses he, i remember talking to him after the first round of the championship this year he's racing and I knew that he had a really busy build-up. The, the change of ownership happened um, uh, like a, at a really close stage to when he should have been testing for his racing. And and he his mind was obviously occupied on many other things other than racing his drag car. And I thought he did really well. Um, he didn't win, but I thought he was very, very competitive considering all those other things that he had going on in his life. And I can just remember him telling me the other thing. He said, nah, I stuffed up. I should have done a better job. And he, he explained to me a couple of the intricate details that go on with what he does with his racing. And I'm still learning a lot of it too. And I just noticed that um, he took a really big chance then at, at just showing me what he and what oh, I suppose he's trying to show me and Chris Pitha what the standard is. And and as drivers, we always sometimes might not get the result. And we, we're competing in a really competitive um, category where. You know, top ten, top fifteen. Sometimes, and what we're aiming for is goals. And if we don't get there, I think it's really easy to lose track of. You know, whether it's a driver that needs to improve, or whether it's the car setup. And he he seems to be the type of driver that sets an example that he takes a lot onto himself. Now, I know on a team that you know you got to make everything work. You got to work well with your mechanics, your engineers, all the people in the office, and administration, and things like that with organisation. But um, it was just. Yeah, it, it was a it was a big uh, learning curve for me to just hear him uh, tell me that he wants to do a better job on his own. So yeah, I thought it was um, a good standard to show the drivers for this season.
0: Now, the, the one thing that I've already learned from a bit I've researched is Peter Zabiris is not only a highly successful businessman building up the Premier uh, Hire business uh, around Australia in a, in a pretty short space of time, and. Uh, But not only that, but, you know, as a uh, drag racer in AA fuels, of course, um, he's used to a business where standing in the shower, ripping up notes, he doesn't rip up $100 notes, he rips up $500 notes with the sort of speed that that
1: money is uh, in in drag racing. Yeah, I guess it's, um, he's highly motivated to, to take on new challenges all the time, like a I wouldn't be surprised if there's other businesses that he's worked in that we would have no idea about. He's always busy. He like, he's always driving a truck till 2 AM somewhere when geez, I have to admit I'm thinking how much energy has this guy got? But um, I think he's just got a, a terrific can do attitude and a relentless work ethic that uh, can't. I, I can't help, but be motivated by that when he's around. I think he's, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he expects you to tuck your shirt in be presentable make sure the floors are swept before you even get into the more complicated matters of racing teams or businesses. He he likes really honing in on the standards and the basics of of what shows and success and what success looks like. So, yeah, I, I find myself when, when he's in the room and he's around, I, I, I want to be on my A game because I know that uh, that's the expectation he has and that's what he sets for himself as well. So I'm probably going to learn – like a lot about my racing this year, but I'm probably going to learn a lot about life too. He's got a lot to teach uh, if you're willing to watch and listen. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to work alongside him this year.
0: Well, enjoy it all, Gary. I'm sure that uh, given uh, you've got people in your corner who are well and truly rooting for you and hoping that uh, you'll pull off the success What we know you've got in you, Um, all the very best in your new role with a, a new team. Um, you're up in Brisbane and uh, ready for the year when you go testing in a few weeks' time.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in in trying to settle into the environment where the team is. Um, like we're, we're we're a hybrid at the moment. We're working a little bit more in house with Triple Eight. So um, while that's happening, I just want to be around. And I know that you know the the routine of going to Norwell every week uh, is working for me. Like it showed in the middle of the offseason. It's really just repeating the same process. It's not as exciting as uh, it sounds like it was at the start, uh, in the middle of the off-season last year, but I am just going to repeat it, repeat it, because I felt like it worked for me, so yeah, can't wait to do all the same things that worked for me last year and see if I can improve the results again, so thanks for your support, I appreciate it.
0: Thanks Gary Jacobson for joining us Inside Supercars. Gary, it's uh, wonderful, we look forward to seeing you on track and we'll be following closely everything you do. Thanks guys. Craig Revelle and Tony Whitlock signing off from Inside Supercars.